From the Financial Times in London, I'm Andrew Hill, Management Editor, and this is FT News. The changing nature of work is throwing into relief a number of challenges about how it's organised, both legally and personally. The so-called gig economy, with companies like Uber and TaskRabbit, is allowing employees more freedom to organise their work and to construct portfolio careers. But at the same time, it's causing growing concern about how employers and employees are governed. I'm joined by Sarah O'Connor, employment correspondent of the FT, who's been looking into the small print of companies like Uber, TaskRabbit and Upwork and how legal contracts are affecting the workings of the gig economy. Sarah, perhaps you could tell us, first of all, what is the gig economy? Remind us how it works and how you define it. It's become a sort of catch-all term for kind of web platforms like the ones you've described that effectively connect, on the one hand, customers, whether that's you wanting to hop into a cab at the last minute or maybe you want someone to pick up your laundry and bring it over to your house. And on the other hand, a kind of pool of willing workers who will offer to provide those services pretty much on demand. So the key thing is that this is all done over websites or apps and it's normally done very quickly. So you don't have to order these things in advance. So you've been digging into the small print of some of the terms and conditions of these contracts, so we don't have to. (laughs) What have you discovered about this critical question, the sort of definition of when is an employee not an employee? Yeah, so I think the fascinating thing in the small print of these contracts is that it gives you a sense of the anxiety inside some of these incredibly powerful and fast-growing companies about how the law is going to ultimately see them. So there are clauses in lots of these terms and conditions that say we are not the employer of these workers all we're doing is providing a kind of matching service we're matching you the customer with this worker but we don't employ them and that means we're not responsible for paying them the minimum wage we're not responsible for giving them sick pay holiday pay unemployment insurance any of those things and you can you know you can see why they don't want to acquire all of those responsibilities because they're very costly very interestingly TaskRabbit takes this one step further it says not only are we not the employers of these people but if in some kind of legal process we're ever deemed to be the employers you the customer you the person who's ordered this man to come over and put your furniture together you are now on the hook you are indemnifying us for that legal risk so ultimately we'll send our lawyers bill to you this is a problem obviously potentially for those who are workers in the gig economy is it a problem for the companies as well Absolutely. I mean, the problem is effectively that right now we don't really know who's right here. Gig economy workers seem to fall into a strange no man's land in the legal world, particularly in the US, where at the minute there are two very clear employment statuses. You're either an employee or you're an independent contractor. And these gig economy workers, it doesn't seem like they're really employees because they do have control to say... I'm going to work between these hours. I'm not going to work today. You know, you might drive for Uber and Lyft. It's competitive, for example, and that's fine. So in that sense, they seem like independent contractors. But on the other hand, they don't have total control over their work. So Uber will set the pricing, for example. So 
it's become really confusing. And the problem is that there are now huge lawsuits being launched in the US and also in the UK against companies like Uber, where whether it's workers or it's trade unions, they're trying to sort of force this issue into the courts to try and get some sort of clarity on whether these people are employees or not. I mean, this seems like an odd situation to have got into, because obviously the gig economy, portfolio careers are painted both by those who are advocates of them and those involved as ways of giving more freedom to individuals to develop a sort of entrepreneurial career different from the sort of wage slaves who work for uh, companies under strict contracts. I mean, could these kinds of disputes bog down the whole concept, even end it if they're not resolved? Yeah, I mean, if, if, for example, you know, the big class action lawsuit in this summer against Uber goes against Uber and Uber is actually found to be responsible for paying these workers minimum wages, it's a massive threat to that whole business model. You know, certainly the companies themselves like to portray that narrative that you just said, that actually this is about freeing people up and reinventing the world of work and making people kind of happier and more able to take control of their careers. People on the left say that actually that's just a a sham and that these companies are using the veneer of technology to actually cover up what is effectively just regulatory arbitrage. So they're doing really well and making lots of money because they've kind of absolved themselves of the responsibilities of a traditional employer. One of your contacts in the column you've just written on this points out that it's a bit like another 19th century situation. Obviously, in the 18th and 19th century, the way this was resolved was by workers organising themselves into unions and finding ways to uh, stand up for their rights. Is that what is now happening in the gig economy? Yeah, there are definitely some signs that that is happening. Obviously, it's much more difficult to organise when you're a sort of disparate group of independent workers than it would be if you were all in one factory together. But certainly there are now small unions that are growing quickly that are trying to connect together some of these workers and, and then bargain collectively for better rights. Sarah, fascinating situation, one that definitely needs to be watched. Thank you very much. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.